I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH in Boston. The minaret of an ancient mosque in Aleppo, Syria, was destroyed in fighting today. And as usual, government forces and rebels blamed each other for blowing up the 11th century landmark. More than 70,000 people have been killed in Syria's civil war, which is grinding into its third year now. The plight of the Syrian people attracts sympathy and support in wide circles, but some people, mostly young men, have gone a step further and volunteered to fight alongside the rebels. One family in Belgium was surprised recently to see one of its young men, Brian de Mulder, in a combat video purportedly from Syria. It's not uh, Brian that uh, was brought up by his mother. Brian was athletic, he was sportive, he was a golden heart, and we never saw him like this. For me, it's a programmed robot. That's Brian's aunt, Ingrid de Mulder. He changed because he became fanatic. He wanted to pray only. He left school. And then he started to talk in a fanatic way, like, I can do whatever I want. And even if I die, I'm not afraid. I go to the paradise of Allah. The family hopes Brian sees the light and comes home, but that's not necessarily the wish of intelligence officials in Europe. This week, the head of counterterrorism in the European Union, Gilles de Kerkove, warned that men like Brian de Mulder could come back radicalized and become terrorists in their home countries. This is what he told the BBC. Not all of them are radical one day when they leave, but most likely many of them will be radicalized there. And uh, as we've seen in a previous situation, this might create a serious threat when they get back. Shiraz Meher has been studying closely the phenomenon of Europeans getting radicalized in Syria. He's a senior research fellow at the International Center for the Study of Radicalization at King's College in London. Uh, Shiraz, what is the scale of the issue here? How many people are we talking about? I think from the research that we've been putting together, we're finding that there's something like 5,500, maybe 6,000 foreign fighters in total that have gone over and participated in this conflict since it started. And in Europe, we're finding about just under 600 foreign fighters from the continent have gone over and fought in Syria. And you study mostly Europeans, but have you seen any movement from North America? We have found a few cases of North Americans going over. We we are actually compiling uh, global figures. We've just rounded off uh, our European ones, but we are we are looking uh, around the world. And there's a, a very interesting case of an American uh, who went over uh, Eric Omar Haroun, uh, who's now been arrested um, and and I believe is uh, about to stand trial at some point in the United States. And uh, according to Al Jazeera today, there was a kid in Chicago reportedly picked up by the FBI for trying to join an al-Qaeda affiliate fighting Bashar al-Assad. Is that an outlying example or do you, do you see any trend coming from North America? At the moment, there isn't a, a massive pattern um, of North Americans c- going over to fight in Syria. It does seem to be a, a lot of Europeans, primarily because Europe is, is providing easy access with free movement across the continent and the Turkish border being the principal access point that many people are using to get into Syria and fight there. But I would expect to see as this conflict intensifies and if it prolongs over time, there's no reason why um, sympathizers from the United States wouldn't come over, especially as you have the first few people going. Once they come back, these networks start to build. People with combat experience tell heroic stories. They're seen as uh, as heroes in the eyes of uh, vulnerable uh, young individuals who then want to emulate them. So if the, the longer this conflict goes on, really the worse it is for everyone. 
I mean, as for these uh, larger numbers in Europe, what what is the problem exactly? I mean, what do Gil de Kirchhoff and other intelligence officials actually worry about? So at the moment, the first issue is who are these guys going there to join up with? And I think it's fair to say, actually, in, in truth, most of them are going and joining up with the more conservative Islamist elements. So if not Al-Qaeda, certainly at the top end of the spectrum in the more religious sphere. And then what you're going to see is that these fighters will be heavily indoctrinated with religious zeal, but they're also going to be brutalized by a conflict that is one of the worst we've seen in a long, long time, just in terms of the sheer scale of destruction and barbarism. And then on top of that, these people will be returning home at some point, and these will be highly trained fighters who are fanatical, and we've seen the ramifications of that after Afghanistan in the 1980s. Have you been looking at the suspects in Boston and, and what they kind of seem to indicate about radicalization, if that seems to be, if that is indeed the narrative? Looking at the guys in, in Boston, I think we're, we're finding a, a very complex picture right now. They, to my mind, don't fit many of the traditional patterns. They um, seem to have been, uh, uh, on the one hand, radicalized by the Internet um, and uh, certainly in the case of the older brother. And, and I think with Syria, that's also primarily what we're seeing uh, take place. There was some posting of Syrian videos um, on the Facebook profiles or the social network profiles of the men implicated uh, in Boston. So the, the Syria conflict is one that remains important to lots of jihadists because it confirms that narrative, in their mind at least, that there is a war against Islam, that Muslims are being persecuted, and that the response to that needs to be a militaristic one. Shiraz Meher, fellow at the International Center for the Study of Radicalization at King's College in London. Thank you. Thank you very much.